there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Books went immediately. Not everyone wanted them, but those who did took every last one the wagons held. Matt, chapter 37, The Shadow Rising. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my good friend, Tracy. I'm here with my delightful friend, Amber. And this is the road to Tarvalin. How are you doing today, Tracy? I'm, you know, better today than yesterday. I just... A snowy day. Just trying to enjoy it. Loving on some books. Yeah. Like, of course, like that little section, I was like, of course you book lovers bought all the books out. Yeah, I thought about you when I read that section. (laughs) I mean, how much do you love the image of these fierce warriors sitting down with a good book? Hey. A little bit of usquai. Knowledge can't come cheap in the Right? They don't have trees. They probably don't have much paper. Mm Mm-mm. I bet those books are precious. Precious. Tracy, because you are (laughs) Mm -hmm. sometimes not the greatest at advertising for yourself, I think you should tell people about (laughs) paperback so that they know where they can find it. I actually have plans to put up a post after we're done recording. So thank you for the reminder, and I appreciate your support. I've been working on a second podcast with my beloved gals from school, and it is called Paperback Cabaret. The idea being uh, cabarets are kind of known for being satirical and opening to the misfits, if you will. And that's kind of just how it feels. And we've been reading some, I think, heavier books than we had intended, but it's been really fun just for people, I guess, maybe to be <laughs> to be aware. It definitely has much more of a political bend than this one does. And uh, I would well, say yeah, a feminist Yeah, it's, re- it's real world issues and not yeah. fantasy books, <laughs> per <Yeah>. se. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that our fantasy doesn't touch on real world subjects and give us things to talk about, but like the book that we're reading right now is called In Defense of Witches, The Legacy of the Witch Hunts and Why Women Are Still on Trial. And it is exactly what that sounds like, I guess. Like, yeah, it gets broken up into like points of what made women singled out as being witches and how we're still facing the ramifications as a society of those things were put in place. And it's really not that long ago. Those damn Puritans. (laughs) I mean, and those Catholics. Sorry to anybody who's Catholic, but I mean, holy moly. Wow. Not all of them agreed, of course, but damn. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we do have an Instagram page. So if you want, like, some more details, I've actually been making stuff and posting it and trying to like not get stuck in my head about doing those things yeah we've been busy thank you amber 
We've been yeah. busy. <laughs> oh my I gosh, and all the work. Yeah, well, I think. What? Go yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just so excited. <laughs> you, you've been knocking it out of the park. It's easy when it's fun material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been covering Three Body, the TV show, and I think mm-hmm. tomorrow we're going to record both of us something for that. Yeah. And I am, I am not well-versed in the world of Chinese drama television, <laughs> but let me say this. <laughs> I am now a fan. I'm now a fan. Huge fan. Huge. I did not know how I was going to feel going into this. Mm-mm. adaptation and this is just one of the three that are being adapted right now but mm-hmm. it is so good it is so good it's so good oh my god oh my god the scene where dashi comes out of the restaurant and starts like losing dancing dancing, dancing. Ah! <laughs> yes yes so if anyone has read the book so and good. is a science fiction fan Mm-hmm. Check out the YouTube channel because I've got all of the links to where to watch mm-hmm. it. If you just mm-hmm. want something a little bit outside the norm, this is a really mm-hmm. good, a really good show. It's, it's so good. really good. And if you haven't read the books, it's fine because this yeah. adaptation is like one for one. So you don't need to know the source material. No, not even a little bit. The explanations are really good. The depictions of the science as it's happening is really good. Like, and I think I think the TV show is actually better at building connections to the characters than the book was. Like, yeah, we can talk about it more tomorrow. But I'm thrilled that you're doing this. It's so fun to like. Yeah, I'm excited see that you we're digging into stuff you love. That we're going to do an episode together. For it. Me too. But me too. There's so much to, to love about this TV show. Yeah. Rehydrate. Rehydrate. <laughs> on to the Wheel of Time, where the boys in the waste wish they could hydrate. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> so where are we at? That's chapter jumping 35? us ahead. Yes, chapter thirty-five. Sharp lessons. The world of dreams offers a convenient, if deadly, place for a queen to meet with her friends on their way to Tanchico. Elaine is the first to be there, and her outfit, or lack thereof, brings a prim but curious response from a queen. Their chat is broken up when a queen is roughly pulled away by an unseen force. She has promised to obey the wise ones who teach her, but she has her own ideas of what it means to keep this promise. It is not the time for dreaming, however, but for planning, and Aguina's bustled along to the sweat tent for a late night chat, Ayo style. Yay! <laughs> I really enjoyed this chapter. I don't know yeah. if it was just maybe moving to a different point of view. Mm-hmm. But I think now that Moraine is back, I'm like, okay, like we're back in the waste. I have my comfort characters here. Mm-hmm. It's better for me. <laughs> oh, but, good, good. Oh my gosh. Egwene going into Teleron Road and then meeting up with Elaine, who has been en route, like on a Seafolk ship, learning mm-hmm. things, learning mm-hmm. these Seafolk channeling ways, I guess. Mm-hmm. She's even adopted the style 
of their clothing <laughs> or lack thereof. Yeah, maybe something subconscious <laughs> in Elaine. But I love how cute she was where she's embarrassed, but she kind of just, she was like, oh, like it giggles about it. And then she's back to herself. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. Elaine, like, I love you. I love that yes. she can be embarrassed and not, it not be like a big deal for her. She doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the best in Teleronrio. This isn't something that's going to keep her up at night. Like, oh my, what have I done? <laughs> She's just like waves it off. Like, ah, just what another will day. What think of me? Yeah. yeah. No, that's a really good point. Like, and I love that she's like so practical about it. Like, I just wanted to try it out. Where else could I do this? And I'm like, good point. Right? You know, why not try it in a place where you can change your outfit literally with a thought yeah yeah it's so fun down to the piercings yes down to the piercings she does could it. you imagine if they did this <laughs> on this show it would be so cool it would be so cool yes I was thinking about that a lot actually like because this is one of those chapters I feel like where costumes are a big part of it like Elaine's emotions are basically shown through what outfits she kind of flips through and I'm like give me this give me this in the show like how fun would it be to show Elaine's character yeah like this the costumes just kind of morphing in and out yes I think that would be a really great distinction of how to show what can and can't be done in Teleronio And Mm -hmm. two, they could tastefully do this. I'm thinking, like, if they shot her from the back in Elaine's, Mm -hmm. so, like, you can see uh, Egwene looking dead on, but, like, over Egwene's shoulder where you could see, like, her bare back. And Mm -hmm. then Egwene's Mm -hmm. reaction would show, like, what she's looking at. Mm -hmm. And then if they did, like, a close-up on the face and she's got tattoos and piercings and stuff, that would just be really fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and I do love the idea of making it tasteful. We don't need gratuitous nu- nudity for the young exactly. folks in our, exactly. in our show. It can be tasteful. And I think they have, like, moved in that direction more often than not so far, is, like, being tasteful about things. Yeah, and I would say it's up to the actor-actress. Like, if this is something mm. they wanted, like, Fuck yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to be naked. I don't care. This is yeah, my body. Yeah. Proud of it. Go for it. It doesn't have to be covered up, but yeah. just saying. <laughs> just saying. Elaine's two thumbs up for tits out. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that could happen. <laughs> I, I just, I adore Kira Coveney. Like, I, I uh-huh. just love her so much. I adore her. Anything she wants to do, I'm okay mm-hmm. with. Yes. Yeah, I feel I feel like she's got that right mischievous classy mixture to be able to pull something like that off without us feeling like it's uncomfortable for her or for us as the viewer. You know? Yeah. Like all for people owning their their nudity and showing it how they want. It doesn't ever have to be sexualized. Right, right. And I think they could do it that way. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Her her reaction to Yeah, I mean I'm just that's just how the sea folk that's how they dress. You know? Like for them it's nothing different than anything else. And so like just showing that, you know, we don't have to be prudish about nudity sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just 
rambling at this point. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I really liked here in this chapter how she makes the comment and kind of is giggling about it like, oh, yeah, you should see mm-hmm. Tom and Julian. They don't even know where to look. It's amazing. And I'm just, uh, her totally sense of humor, that. she's just so cute. I don't think there's any other character in the Wheel of Time that I would want to be. I think she would be like my BFF, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. If I was in this world, I would <laughs> cling on to her and just be like, anything you do, everything you say, you are just mm-hmm. amazing. Now, I love, I love Nynaeve, that. but I'm mm-hmm. scared of her. I would be afraid of her. <laughs> I think Nynaeve would potentially be hard to have a friendship with. She's a bit intimidating. She's still figuring her stuff out. If I was looking for an older mentor, you know, like someone mm. who's going to be a ride or die, someone that you can always turn yeah. to, heck yeah, yeah. Nynaeve. But Elaine, like yeah. just on the day-to-day, someone you want to hang out with, maybe mm-hmm. drink a little bit of wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scrub pots out with every once in a while. Oh, the daughter heir. She really is like, I don't know, I appreciate her so much more reading her now than I did when I was younger. I think I was really fixated on Egwene. Like for me, she was the first, you know, and everyone else just seemed like an addition to her, I guess. And now looking at the characters more individually, Elaine is... (laughs) She's just so much fun. She takes herself so much less seriously than a queen does in some ways, but her like her level of being able to laugh at herself, I think we've talked about this before, like how important it is for someone in this role of power like Elaine has to be able to laugh at herself, to like do things like See what it feels like to dress like a seafolk woman in Teleronriod and be totally okay with it. Like, she's got some really exemplary characteristics, and I like that about her a lot. I agree. I agree. Little Elaine fangirl moment. Yes. Ooh. Always. It's too bad she's only part of this chapter. And then we go back to Egwene's point of view. <laughs> Spicy take. <laughs> Spicy take. No, I I like in this chapter how there is this moment Mm. where Egwene is like, yeah, the Aiel believe Rand is their Karakarn. And Elaine is like, yeah, the Seafold think Rand is their Koromor. So they're both kind of like, well, okay. He's just like picking up titles left and right. He is, he is. And then Egwene is ripped out of Teleronriod. Mm-hmm. And this is fun. This is fun. I mean, I get it. I get it. Uh-huh. The wise ones, they have their system. Mm-hmm. They expect a certain level of honesty, and mm-hmm. Egwene mm-hmm. hasn't been giving them that. So yeah. I get it. And then we have this moment where Amy's kind of turns herself into a monster. So... Mm-hmm. Egwene thinks she's being pulled out of Teleronriod, but really she's just pulled into another location of Teleronriod that is shaped like her room, her tent where she's sleeping. And mm-hmm, then Amy's mm-hmm. like shows up. She's just sitting there like mm-hmm. <laughs> a scary mm-hmm. shadow figure. Like scary. What are we what are we doing, Egwene? What's what's happening? <laughs> And she turns into a monster, snarls and snaps at her, and then she mm-hmm. wakes up in her bed. Yeah. 
I actually marked out the part where Amy Ace is giving that little talk to Egwene about how dangerous Teleron Road is and like how there are things to shatter the bravest heart. And Egwene is like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then Amis becomes a monster. Yeah. I think Amis was pretty on point, though, with how she Mm -hmm. realized that Egwene was just saying what she thought Amis wanted Mm -hmm. to hear. Mm -hmm. And Amis Mm -hmm. was like, "Mm, not today, child. (laughs) Not today. (laughs) I mean, Egwene is attempting to pass herself off as a full Aes Sedai. And she's not. And so she's doing things like making promises to get what she wants and then not keeping them, which an Aes Sedai cannot do. And I'm like, you could at least try to live like you've sworn the three oaths already if you're going to pretend like you have. I don't know how anybody looks at her and then looks at Moraine and is like, yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah. No, I get that. Totally. I get that. Yeah. And even when Amy's catches her in the lie and was like, oh, I thought I said I couldn't lie. <laughs> Igwe yeah. just kind of like, Ugh. well, <laughs> I really meant it at the time. It felt true at the time. Yeah. But we should move on a little bit because yeah, we're yeah, 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 yeah. only on this first part. Yes. These are, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of back and forth going on. So anyway, so we have a Mies teaches Egwene her lesson and then to the sweat tent to the sweat tent not gonna lie this is another thing that I want to see in the show I think they should absolutely have sweat tent scenes and lots of them I would like it and it's not like a nudity thing for me I just like this it's kind of like a sacred place where there's Mm -hmm. only women and it it feels sacred I like it it's nice I like that Mm -hmm. I mean it has an intimate feel to it as well, and not because of the the nudity, but like this is where you come to talk, to relax, to cleanse, and like you said, it has like a sacred feel to it. And even though like in this particular sweat tent scene, it's not like the I don't know, it's not a super relaxing conversation that happens. Like the wise ones are like, "Hey, Avienda, you're gonna start trailing Rand." Yeah, but at the We're same time, not happy. they get down to business, state what they mm-hmm. want stated, and then they're mm-hmm. like, and now no one talks and now we sweat. because we're going to relax. <laughs> and I Good like point. that. Like, it's kind of this no-nonsense, we're here, let's get shit done, Yeah. and now, like, have this calming spot where we can just chill. Because honestly, I do like how the TV show did the women's circle stuff. Yeah. But the way that they did it felt much more ritualistic than I mm-hmm. pictured it in my head. Because in the Two Rivers, to me, the women's circle just feels like the women get together, we do our thing, we talk about the issues that need to be talked about, we, I don't know, not so much take a vote on something, but we decide like mm-hmm. where we stand with this certain issue. And then it's kind of like, all right, ladies, like, good work, you know? And in the show, it was like this braiding the hair and very flowery mm-hmm. rituals where you're becoming a woman. And I think that's fine. It's totally mm-hmm. cool. But not every space that women have for themselves 
needs to be like a spiritual thing, you know, like I like the idea of women just being able to have a space for their own where they can shit talk, where they can say what they want (laughs) to say, where they Mm -hmm. can relax and it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be, I don't know, kind of like this over the top thing. And I think like that's when I say it feels like a ritual, I don't mean like the ritual has to feel spiritual. Mm Mm-hmm. But something that it's just for the women. I don't know if I'm explaining myself very no, well. No, you but. are. You are. Like, the word that keeps coming to mind as you're talking is decisive. Like, there is decisive action in the gathering that they have. And I don't necessarily think that those are always words that we associate with women. And so getting to see them in that scene would be really cool. And I, I like that you see it that way. Yeah. It, I think you're right. It feels more powerful you know instead Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. more egalitarian I guess instead of like a church service like Mm. we're here to do Mm -hmm. stuff not yeah sing a hem and I don't know Mm -hmm. braid hair (laughs) right and I mean they fully expect what happens in this to like happen once they're done (laughs) and I just love Bear's reply when Avienda is like, I will not be Rand's tutor at this time. And she's just like, will not. Will not? Like, she's never heard it before. Like, no one's Mm -hmm. ever said that to her before. And I can't help but, like, sit and chuckle at this. Don't know if Robert Jordan meant for it to be so funny, but to me, it just tickles me. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like how Robert Jordan has given the wise ones kind of like this they're obviously an authority figure amongst the Mm -hmm. Aiel Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I like how it's also they're kind of I mean they're not nice they're not like gentle parenting you know what I mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Mm -hmm. this is what we expect and it Mm -hmm. is just another nod to this harsh environment that they live in Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just another aspect of the world building that's fun but at the same mm-hmm. time, it sometimes can be a little bit one note with mm-hmm. the wise one. Yeah, and Maureen's hanging out with them. Ugh, yes, yes. I love Maureen. I just, I can so easily in my head see Rosamund Pike mm-hmm. in this space. Like, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of sweat on the brow and just in mm-hmm. total pure relaxation and then just kind of giving that little bit of a squinty look <laughs> mm-hmm. at Egwene mm-hmm. when Egwene is saying things and just kind of mm-hmm. taking it all in because mm-hmm. she knows at this point that Egwene is telling the world she's a full Aes Sedai and mm-hmm. Moraine can't lie about it. She's certainly not throwing her under the bus. <laughs> But yeah. I would love to know what's going on in that head of hers. Right. Right. Same. Because I'm just like, Maureen, how are you? I mean, I, th- I know that revealing a queen as not a full sister would be more problematic, potentially, for Maureen's plans. Like, in some ways, when she's telling a queen at the end of this what she's been through and how, like, Rand is the dragon reborn is the most important no one and nothing can come before him and she's like Maureen is a block of ice like she's gone through a lot at this point I mean she keeps going through a lot 
but I think she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I kind of. You lost it. (laughs) It was there. It was there. Yeah. It was there. (laughs) No, I think that Moraine is just, she's always for me such a, she's a comfort character. I like coming back to her. Yeah. Especially in in moments where we get a lot of perspectives from characters that I don't gravitate towards. Uh Uh-huh. So, just that she's there. It's nice. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. She's got stuff to do. I don't really think she's a lump of ice, though. I I don't think she's a lump of ice, but... Mm -mm. I think that she deserves, after these so many years of searching out the Dragon Reborn, like, the woman just deserves some damn peace and quiet and not all of this chaos. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, in these chapters, it's almost like you can feel her trying to just, like, in the sweat tent, like, just remove all of the problems from my life. Let me sit here. I've got enough on my plate. She was just through the arches. Mm-hmm. She was just through Ruidion. So she's seen some stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's sitting in the like forefront of her mind. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, she's got Egwene doing God knows what. Rand does right. the car carn. She's got this going <laughs> on. The Shido mm-hmm. are here. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's just there's just no winning for her, and I feel mm-hmm. bad for her. Like, just let her mm-hmm. sit in the in the sweat tent, have a little bit of peace. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. Oh, Moraine. Misdirections. Yes. Sure. So, chapter thirty six is misdirections. The Aiel have packed up and are now streaming away from Chandar, split into three groups. The continuing piece of Ruidian is in doubt. Avienda has begun her despised duty of being close to Rand and is making the most of it by making him extremely uncomfortable. Rand finds himself missing them. Matt is wishing for shade of any kind in the expanse of heat and sun that is the waste. As if by some miracle, a caravan of peddlers happens to be smack in the path of the traveling Aiel, and Matt is able to add to his growing list of accessories. The caravan joins the Aiel, and Rand tells Matt that they ride with evil now. This was a fun chapter. Mm-hmm. We've got, like you said, all of the competing factions within the Aiel, the Tardat, mm-hmm. the Shido. The wise ones in the middle of it. So, Egwene is wearing pigtails because this is her punishment for being mm-hmm. a big liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> and Avienda mm-hmm. is... Super upset, super aggressive. She's got Ruark putting her in her place off and on mm-hmm. this chapter mm-hmm. because she's so snippy with Rand, and Rand's like, I want respect. And she's like, I roll. You don't get respect by, by demanding it in a mini tantrum, Rand. It's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Uh, yes. Okay. And Ruark even kind of puts him in his place for the way that yeah. Rand reacts to Avienda. Yeah. He's probably like children. Like uh. yes. Thank you, Ruark. We needed that. Matt does not want to be there. He's like, I'm no, he sweaty. Doesn't. I want a hat. Oh look, peddlers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Lucky you a gold Matt. mark for that hat. Right. 
Matt gets his hat. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Who hasn't made that joke? But I mean, yeah, Matt gets his hat. <laughs> Coolidin is like Elmer Fudd over here, like <laughs> under his breath, muttering uh, to himself, angry. Yeah. There's a lot of contention between the Aiel and, I mean, they are all trying to get to the location where Rand can make his grand address to the mm-hmm. Aiel as their Karakarn, he who comes with the mm-hmm. dawn, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But the exciting part, <laughs> maybe exciting is the wrong word, the interesting part of this chapter is the new party that arrives with the mm-hmm. peddler. Yeah, Kadir. Yeah. Kadir. That guy. Mm-hmm. And his swarthy companion, I guess. Partner? Partner. Like, Matt refers to them as, like, possibly being business partners. Yeah. I really would love to have her played by, like, I, I think of the actress that plays Bobby on uh, The Expanse. But, like, someone who's tall and intimidating and maybe not so much, like, big, round, fat woman. Can I say that? A plump lady well i mean that's how she's described in the book so i mean yeah but you're going by how the author describes her sure if you want to put it in your own words go for it in my own words i i want (laughs) i almost want her to be swashbuckler-esque that's kind of what i want i don't know why like a, a female peddler crossing the waist yeah i get that i get that so often they try and make like women that have jobs <laughs> you know like unattractive like well that's, you know what that's I mean? the other like, thing yes like the yes. like the ugly barmaid that's got like three teeth who wants in all the beer boys <laughs> you know like why do we gotta do that i agree that's why i'm like someone really no one came to this podcast wanting to hear my bad accents i apologize (laughs) i loved it i loved it you got exactly like the the Uh. image and everything that needed to come across it was perfect thank you that's kind of one of the other reasons why i would push for like redrawing that character because i feel almost as though the fact that she is a large lady is being used to diminish her not necessarily just state what she looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that goes to your accent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. You know, like, it's the same thing with Laris. And I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, okay, if you're going to have the mistress of the kitchens be a larger woman, that's Mm -hmm. okay. You know, like, absolutely. she likes to eat. She's good at her job. Yeah, that's me. She's not embarrassed of how she looks, you know. She's right. just like, this is me. This is how I am. But we have Matt hanging out with the Gleeman, who sometimes acts like a Gleeman, but sometimes doesn't really. And he's very curious on everything that Matt saw when he was in Ruidion. Mm-hmm. He's like, tell me the story. Tell it to me again. Every single part. And Matt's like... Oh, is that the next one? I think that's it. Yeah, that's it in our next chapter. Do you want to just move on to Amir's stand? Yeah, sure, because cool. I think if this one ends off, it's probably just where, like, Rand is, like, beware of everyone. 
That's exactly scary. where it ends off. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly how it ends. We ride with evil now. If you like what you hear, rate and review us anywhere you listen to the podcast. This helps new listeners find the show. This podcast is brought to you by you. If you'd like to fund the show and receive cool stuff while doing it, check out The Road to Tarvalin on Patreon. All tiers can join us weekly for live recordings on our Discord server. Lastly, our Wheel of Time shop has a new web address and international shipping is finally live. Find all the links in our show notes and thanks for listening and joining us on the road to Tarvalin. Okay, so chapter 37, Amir Stand. Amir Stand is the stop for the night, but things are not as they should be. This is no normal raid and signs point to Trollocs even if the signs are old. There's nothing to be done other than rest as planned and hope for the best. Rand looks for ways to clear his head and attempts to connect with the Aiel by learning their fighting style. Matt's lounging in a patch of shade provided by the peddler's wagons and doubting Rand's sanity as he watches him leap around in the heat. Entertainment brings a brief respite, but cries rise out of the dark, followed by Trollocs and Mordral descending on the camp. Trollocs it's an and exciting Mordral. chapter. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Trollocs don't hunt us. We hunt Trollocs. Thank you, Avienda. I, I eat a lesson for the day. <laughs> I like how she's ready to throw down. You know, she's like, oh, like, cool, a fight, anything. I would rather fight Trollocs and right. dark friends and Merdral rather than have to be stuck next to mm-hmm. this bloody wetlander. Wetlander fool. Loved, loved the interaction between Rand and Lan and Rand uh-huh. being like, how would you defeat the Aiel? And Lan is mm-hmm. telling him their battle technique and how mm-hmm. they'll kind of group into think three groups where one Uh goes in and attacks and the other one is more mobile to like Mm -hmm. come in where they find a weak point and then like hammer through there and then the last group is like (laughs) the cleanup posse where like as soon Mm -hmm. as the first two groups have pretty much picked everyone apart then this last group will come in and just kill everyone off and yep avienda's like thinking you know like well why don't you just ask an aiel if you want to know how to fight an aiel like Mm -hmm. stupid (laughs) dumb rand you're dumb (laughs) (laughs) but i i mean why didn't rand ask uark or yeah is he just not comfortable yet maybe like Maybe. I don't know. I mean, Lan is one of the few people that I feel like Rand is holding on to trust yeah. with. Yeah. And so, like, and Rourke is still new mm-hmm. to Rand and what he's, he's not very forthcoming with stuff all the time. He's not, he doesn't talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he's not going out of his way to, like, teach Rand things about the IEL either, so. I had secondhand embarrassment for Rand when he's like, let's start sword fighting out here. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 By no. By all these IEL. Yeah. It'll be better because it's a practice sword. It doesn't matter as much. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I get needing to clear your head, and I understand, like, this is 
this is Rand's form of meditation. He comes back to it again and again. So I feel like he was seeking comfort. And in some ways that makes sense. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe they should have walked off behind like a rocky outcrop <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know, like. It was just such a spectacle. Yeah, like you don't have to wave your sword play in their faces. You know how they feel about swords. <laughs> Sounds so bad. <laughs> Keep your sword play to yourself, Rand. <laughs> so they do enter Emir Stand. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how you pronounce it, but I'm going with yeah. that. And they have it. noticed there are no people, but the mm-hmm. goats are still hanging out. <laughs> and Avienda is like, this something's wrong here. Raiders mm-hmm. would have not left goats behind. And so Mm-mm. everyone kind of like freezes, you know, the Aiel veil up and like mm-hmm. start slinking in to investigate. And Rand's kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of cautiously wait behind. <laughs> and Matt's like <laughs> muttering to himself, you know, like this astrolic work because Matt yeah. knows things now. He's mm-hmm. got things inside of his head. Mm-hmm. Many battles. And I love that. Yeah. Cause isn't this the chapter where we first like get that that Matt POV of him realizing that his holes are filled in? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And I mean I think in some ways, I think so often that once you've read the entire series, that part of Matt is just such a part of Matt that Coming back to this moment where he's like, oh my God, (laughs) these weird memories in my head, they're like not supposed to be there, but they're there. And now I have them and I look at everything around me and have a battle plan ready. And just like how it flips his character big time in just this little section. It's going to be part of him for the rest of the series. Is that a spoiler? Um, no, I don't think so. Like, it's already here. He's already, he's saying it himself, so. Okay, okay, cool. So, they check it out, and everyone's feeling pretty curious. Even Kadir, the peddler, is, like, bringing his beautiful woman friend inside to (laughs) investigate. And Rand is still panicked about Kadir and he's like his eyes never change and Mm -hmm. Matt's kind of like okay all right buddy and (laughs) Avienda is getting very upset because Rand is eyeballing this woman that Kadir has on his arm because it's a death wish she's in the Mm -hmm. waist like what she is wearing could get her killed by heat stroke I don't know she could freeze to death she looks like a like very outside the norm of someone who should be traveling with these yes. people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. red flags, they're flying. Everywhere. Everywhere. She's tossing them about from her diaphanous outfit like she's a belly dancer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's just the image I have in my head. It might be those velvet slippers. I don't know. Yes, that could be it. Really? Velvet slippers in the sand? I know, right? 
That sounds terrible. Your feet are not going to stay clean. Get some boots. Get yourself some boots. <laughs> so yes. this was really cool, and it's something that Matt noticed. He hears someone ask the peddlers for Two River Tabak, and the mm -hmm. peddlers don't have any. And to me, I was like, oh, yeah, because there's probably nothing being grown in the Two Rivers right now because it is just, you know, Trollic City and right. they can't White cloaks farm. everywhere. So there is yep. a national Two Rivers to Bach shortage. I love <gasps> that little. Like plot connection? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that too. Like it's, it's good to have those little reminders of how connected this world is even without always realizing it so matt's talking to himself in the old tongue and then <laughs> as he does now <laughs> he says i am lost in my own mind and he hears someone say oh a scholar and he's like oh what do you want glee man and we meet jason natayel 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 mm -hmm. Anyways, he's wanting all of Matt's details on Ruidion and mm -hmm. this and that. Red flags. Many red flags. I'm yeah. holding it all back in. <laughs> so I'm trying to think what the next part was after. There's like a momentary, like, the Gleeman nut tile. Let's go with that actually performs and matt's like now he's kind of like tom and then i think it's shortly after he's performing or during his performance that the trollocs is hacked mm -hmm. yeah 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 if we had more time i would love to go into the song that he's performing performing Ooh, the song <laughs> that he's performing called midian's ford mm -hmm. because so good so good mm -hmm. he's telling the story of the armies fighting with valor on the field of i don't know what the field is but in manatheran mm -hmm. and ugh, i got chills even knowing what i know about these people so well and i love that it also ties into that matt has memories now and how he's mm -hmm. like yeah but that's not really how it ended and like oh the song was the song was cheerier definitely had a better ending right right and i think this always makes me go back to that theory that matt is either king aemon reborn or has the memories of king aemon in mm -hmm. in the, the chrome dome in that brain yeah. of his which I think is a really fun one because, mm -hmm. I don't know, just that connection to being reborn and this and that. Yeah. It's just cool. And I mean, of all the things that this Gleeman could have sung about, he chooses to sing about Minetherin. Almost like he knows a little bit too much about Matt and Rand. Yeah, yeah. Like, of course, Minetherin's going to pull at them in a different way. Now we have this, like, Almost like he's trying to ingratiate himself to Matt, like appeal to Ooh. him in a way. I had not thought about it like that. I mean, it would make sense as a musician to like take that tact, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that. 
But I don't know. This whole battle is cool. I mean, <laughs> we've got wagons just on fire and mm-hmm. camp is just a disaster. And Avienda mm-hmm. is armed and deadly in her skirts. <laughs> and Moraine is with Egwene and the Wise Ones. Mm-hmm. And they're healing the Aiel. And Ruark is doing things. And I'm just like, yeah, a battle. Mm-hmm. But it all goes <laughs> down pretty fast. And it's, it is. I mean, it's not one of those drawn out ones where we get mm-hmm. really into all of the details. Mm-mm. But. At the no. end of it, they're kind of just like, well, lucky that the peddlers didn't get burned alive. But yeah, <laughs> I, love, I love Matt being like, nothing like a little dance with Trollocs to ready you for sleep, right, Avienda? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love and it. He's like, she probably does think this is a good time, you know, a workout before bed. Nothing mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, I think this is his first time using his Ashandare. I never say it right. Ashandare. Yeah, I think this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is his first time using it. Yeah, and that's fun because I mean we know he's a skilled quarter staffer. <laughs> <laughs> but we know he's skilled. Like he he beat. Gawain and Galad with a quarterstaff and they both had swords and now he has basically a bladed quarterstaff that he's like swinging around and memories of like battle commanders and soldiers and like mm-hmm. so fun I sometimes feel bad for enjoying the battle scene so much death and carnage I don't. sword play I want it all I want them slipping on blood <laughs> yeah it's, yeah, I don't know. Robert Jordan does a good job real. writing those moments, so he I does. have no qualm saying that I yeah. enjoy it thoroughly. I do. I appreciate it, and I think it's—I mean, I think it's definitely a nod to his life experiences and using it in a way that like helps the person reading it feel like they're there. It feels real because for him, it was. Yeah. So there's a lot of Matt goodness in these mm-hmm. chapters. Oh, yeah, his fox medallion. Mm-hmm. This is, like, mm-hmm. it's a first for everything. He's got his hat, he's got his weapon, and his fox medallion is, like, flashing cold as the women are channeling around him. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It's cool. It is very cool. <laughs> I, I love it. So... Onward from the shiny souvenirs and to hidden faces? (laughs) Sure. Chapter 38, Hidden Faces. We rejoin a familiar Shanchen character in Tanchika who just happens to be conversing with someone we haven't seen since book one. Aginan is there on a mission and resenting not being on her ship, even if the work offers certain perks. She is loyal to the Shanchen Empire, but she can't help but privately wonder why the High Lady Saruth is holding back what would be an easy conquest. Yakum Keridan is striding around in a den of secrets, burying his face among many who feel forced to wear masks, including the group of men he meets. This meeting is only a side interest, though, and the truth of his situation is revealed when he returns to his private rooms where a visitor awaits him. 
Lyandrin is pleased with herself as she returns to the location she and the other Black Aja sisters are using for hiding. She is not pleased with her humble lodgings, although she promises herself palaces one day. Palaces and the Dragon Reborn on a leash. Aganen is visited by one of the Seekers for Truth, and she feels she has escaped detection of the biggest secret she is trying to keep. Whew. Yeah, yeah, lots of jumping around. Lots. Indeed. So fun. Indeed. So with this chapter, obviously, we're back in Tianchico. Mm-hmm. We're watching the ships in the harbor from Iguinan's point of view. Mm-hmm. And who shows up? Frickin' Gelb. This yellow-bellied <laughs> son of a gun. This yellow-bellied scallywag. I was going to ask if you, like, yelled his name when he showed up in the pages. Gelb! I didn't yell it, but I was like, <laughs> it's Gelb. He's back. <laughs> I hear, like, the, I hear Bale Doman, like, yelling his name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, Florin Gelb. <laughs> you son yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> All the accents today. I apologize. I don't. Not today. <laughs> so Gelb has a bag with an mm-hmm. item in it, and she's like, congratulations, right? you win the game. <laughs> right? Well done. Someone comes out clapping, little prize on a platter. No, that doesn't mm-hmm. really happen. But he's looking for women mm-hmm. for Ikeanen. Mm-hmm. And the last woman that he brought in was not who they wanted. But it was mm-hmm. like, nice try there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor gal, though. Didn't she get, like, put onto a, a courier ship? Yeah. 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 Does that mean she's sent back to the Shantan Empire? Like, she's potentially going to go become a slave or something? Maybe, probably. I mean, that seems to be, like, their favorite thing to do is, like, enslavement. Yeah. Yeah. Hooray, Shantan! <laughs> right? Hooray! <laughs> okay, sorry. I won't dwell on that today. But, I mean, yeah, it is, like, there have been problems in this search that she's requested. Although it sounds like Geld has actually been the most successful so far, and that... Isn't that surprising? He couldn't cut it on a ship, but here he is. <laughs> you know what? I was, I was stuck between being like, it's surprising, or maybe we should just expect him to be like the kind of smarmy person who could get away with figuring out how to do what he's doing yeah maybe i don't know but also surprising that he's just doing something i mean i kind of just pictured him like bumbling along in streets begging for money and being drunk most of the time so he's gained coming up in the world (laughs) (laughs) like all right surprising well we're i'm gonna land on surprising with you on this one Mm -hmm. surprising Yeah. So yeah. let's see. Oh, and Bill Doman does show up too while Aginan's hanging out there, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's like, oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine if he's all gelb? You know probably. what? He would probably have words. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Or at least a very frosty stare of some kind. I don't know. No, Bale Dolman mm-hmm. doesn't do that. He, did, he, he uses words. You're right. Okay. So mm-hmm. I think this part ends with her being carried off on her sedan chair. And she's mm-hmm. thinking about, well, Tanchico is a mess. <laughs> the end. Right. <laughs> then we move to Boars. <laughs> Yakim Carradine. Good old Boars. That guy. I was not expecting him to show up. Right? I was certainly not expecting him to show up and receive an offer from the king of Terabon, Tanchico, wherever, to, like, bring the White Cloaks and enforce to the city for mm-hmm. stability's sake, with big air quotes around. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. King Eden Andrick, is right. I think. King yeah. Andrick. Yeah. It's around the Panarch, right? Like. Yeah. 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 Messy business. Lots of strings being pulled, and mm-hmm. perhaps Pedro Nile is the guy who's going to come in and fix things. I don't know. But. I mean. And I mean, yeah. all of this is still just like almost a minor distraction to good old Boris because he's thinking about his family members that have been killed in terrible ways. <laughs> right? Right? And then yeah. a lady shows up and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, how you doing, Boris? And he's like shocked because he's like, how, who, how did you know? You know? What? And she was like, I was there when Balzaman mm-hmm. appeared to us and showed us the faces of a one Matram Cawthon, two Paranovara, and when she says Randolph Thor, you can tell she's very upset just saying mm-hmm. the name. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that she's going to kill him, but instead mm-hmm. she wants him to do something for her. And she Mm -hmm. wants him to move. She wants him to institute the White Cloaks into the Panarch's palace. Isn't that what it is? There's something else, though. She wants into the palace, but away from... Okay, no, 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 you're right. Is that that what it is? The White Cloaks into the palace, but the Panarch soldiers out of the palace. So, like, she wants, like, a, a switcheroo. And he's like, yo, that's never going to happen. Impossible. And Mm -hmm. then Leandrin being Leandrin pretty much like wraps him up in flows of air, channels. Mm -hmm. She's pretty much torturing him. And she thinks like she's even going to use her compulsion light on him. Mm -hmm. But he's Mm -hmm. just super ready to like do anything that she says. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. And... She's not going to say what she's planning, but he needs to do it, and then she dips out. And then we actually move to her point of view. Yep. Still in Tanchico, mm-hmm. and this time she's leaving and making her way from Keridan's place to where her and her fellow Black Aja members are staying. Uh-huh. How do you like her, like, super casual killing of that soldier outside Carradine's place? I would expect nothing less from her, honestly. It's so, it's so tidy. 
She's like, like, I wish, doesn't she wish that she had Chesmal Emery's yeah. super stellar ability of just killing people by channeling? Yeah. And she's like, ugh, because I have to use she's a like, knife. She's like, ugh. Through the eyeball. I gotta use my hands. Yeah. <laughs> At least she didn't get her slippers dirty. Right? I cannot wait to see Kate Fleetwood killing Oof. people. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. She's going to pull it off so good. Mm-hmm. Excited. So, She's with, oh my gosh, Mar- <laughs> Marilyn, Marilyn, mm-hmm. Janie, Asni, Rihanna. There's another one, Eldreth, Eldreth, I think. She's with a gaggle, a yes. black Aja gaggle. Mm-hmm. And they're all kind of just hanging out casually, like as they do. Being Black Aja members. Right. And yeah. the serving woman shows up, and Leandrin is like making her do stuff. And then I think it's. What's her name? What is her name? Oh, the. The, um, the, the one mouth? with the cat. The mouth. Oh, Marilyn. Marilyn. The sister who Marilyn. Marilyn. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, her. She's like, get my cat some cream and get it like <laughs> an like a very thin slice piece of meat. Like cut it very particular mm-hmm. for my cat. Because he doesn't this have lady any is... teeth left. Right? Right? I'm like, well. And the lady's on her way to be beat by like the head cook or whatever. Because Leandrin's lost her shit at this mm-hmm. servant. Who just happens to be in the same room with her, Andrin. Mm-hmm. But the topic of this whole meeting is revolving around mm-hmm. the Tarangriol that they are searching for, and yep. this Tarangriol has the power to control someone who can channel, and they think it's in the Panarch's palace. So, like, mm-hmm. every point of view in this chapter is all kind of getting to this one. Mm-hmm. point with Tarangriol yep. and forcing a channeler to be a slave essentially mm-hmm. yep. and then we move back to Iggy and then... <laughs> so much happened in this chapter yes so mm-hmm. she's back in a little house mm-hmm. and she's she meets a seeker mm-hmm. and I believe he tells her, like, yo, I want Tanchico, like, sketched for me Mm -hmm. in a map. And I want to know the defenses. And I want to know all of the other cities and towns around here that you can provide for me. Mm -hmm. And when he leaves, I believe he also tells her that he wants what's ever in this bag and it's containing this device on the next the eight arms on the next boat yeah 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 and then he leaves she unlocks a basement door he's just basically there for like a checkup right that's what i assumed like he's just coming in and like yeah i'm just going through the chapter and i'm like what is he actually like therefore like she does have to do like all those sketches and everything but she says like she was only doing it because she felt like he was kind of making her pay quote unquote for like taking his 
clothes off and proving, well, his shirt off and proving that yeah. he was a, a seeker. seeker. Yeah. Because he had yeah. this, like, statue of the raven in the tower, and she's like, well, you know, anybody yeah. can come by that. And so yeah. he shows her the tattoos, mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, he's the real deal. So he's like, yeah. pour me tea, woman. And mm-hmm. kind of, like, making her, I don't know, serve him out of yeah. her treatment towards him previously. Yeah. Being petty, because he can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? But, I mean, I think she says that she's, like, already sent off a lot of this information, but I do think that this is a fun way of showing that it's already been done and that this is something that she can do. Like, mm-hmm. Geenan's... She's much more than I expected her to be when she first showed up into the series. And the fact that she keeps dipping back in, I think this is another spot where Robert Jordan does a spectacular job with, like, minor characters, if you will. Outside our core few people, I still dig this character. I want to see what happens next. But then, I just wanted to see if there was, like, anything in there that was, like, a definitive reason why he was there and all I can really find is him being like well you at least understood your assignment well done keep up the good work Mm -hmm. peace out like I don't see any other reason for him to have been there maybe it's just like a reminder too we're still watching you you're under surveillance it could be but we also cut back to her thinking about this Saldam that she's keeping prisoner in a basement and right it's kind of like again this reminder that they are there to enslave people and they have the devices mm-hmm. to do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that they are not like the devices and the women attached to them do not work in the way that they had always assumed that they would like, Aginan knows the Sildam, who should not be able to be collared as far as Shanshan are aware of at this time. And this is kind of like breaking Aginan's mind in some ways, where she's like, mm-hmm. what, are we, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is probably pretty important for her character arc. Yeah. Mm. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Is there anything else at the end of this chapter that you want to talk about? or Spoiler time. The way that Avienda is acting so upset with Rand mm. mm-hmm. reminds me of how Min was reacting to... Her learning that she's going to fall in love with Rihanna, that she cannot fight the pattern. Mm-hmm. But the pattern is a dick because I would like free will in who I decide that I like and love, and the pattern mm-hmm. telling me that like mm-hmm. you're you're going to love someone, you're going to like someone, you're going to have mm-hmm. to be attached to this person mm-hmm. for a certain reason, just feels weirdly anti-free will (laughs) so (laughs) i don't know how i feel about the pattern and yeah yeah it feels uncomfortable i'm with you i'm with you like how can you take that choice away from someone 
I would I would like this so much better if it were a a mutual thing instead of a it's a forced thing. Yeah. It obviously is already causing weird tension between what Avienda is supposed to be doing and what is actually happening. Like, yes, she's supposed to be listening to Rand, but haven't the wise ones also been like, teach him about our ways? She's not doing that. She's just talking about what Elaine looks like naked. Yeah. <laughs> Avienda. Have you what not seen you her doing? hips? Have you not seen her lips, Randolph R? Have you not seen her in the bath? No. Avienda, <laughs> stop. Stop. Stop him. <laughs> that exactly. <laughs> and then she's like, you should arrange to make that happen. You should you should be there. And I mean, okay. I yield culture different from wetlander culture but i mean that's not you're wasting time she's wasting time yeah Rand actually needs the guidance he could use her help like but if the dick of the pattern wasn't putting her in such a precarious (laughs) spot everything would be okay damn you pattern (laughs) title of the show the dick of the pattern (laughs) (laughs) patterns dick but I mean, it's true. It's really true. Like, it just feels as though, and I mean, she goes on this Elaine is the woman for you thing. Like, like Elaine is the only woman for him because she, she lives in a society that has sister wives. So multiple women in a marriage. And she's like, oh, just Elaine. Just Elaine. There couldn't possibly be anyone else for you. Like Yeah, but she doesn't she doesn't want a husband. She doesn't want a dude. She just wants to be right? a maiden of the but, sphere and she's just had that taken well, from her true. as well. So like Ooh, good point. I can just see Avienda being like, No, like none of this is what I want. Damn you pattern. No, 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 no. Like just <laughs> leave me out of it. Okay, I can see that. Because, I mean, not necessarily that it would be her as the other person, but just, like, this Elaine is the woman for you. And, I mean, I I don't know, is it this chapter or the next chapter where Rand's like, I don't belong to anyone. And that's true, too. But neither do they. And yet, somehow, the pattern has, like, chained them all together. Blah. (laughs) Little spoiler that, like, just makes me kind of happy on the inside is Asmodian's observation of the Aiel around him not being anything like what he thought that they would be. And I just like, I put myself in his shoes for a minute and I'm like, yep, they are very, very, very different mm-hmm. from what they were when you took your 3,000 year nap. <laughs> a very long, <laughs> very long nappy poo. Right? Look what happened to them. Like Okay. And I mean it I was just gonna say it totally makes sense for somebody who appears like they're not from the waste to react that way to Aiel. But for him it's on a whole whole other level. Mm-hmm. So I have to talk about this whole band of dark friends, right? Like Right. Right. This is just I have to get it out of my system because I don't know Please. how many times as we were talking about it, I was like, I can't say what I want to say. 
No, I I want it. I'm ready. Obviously, Rand's panic at these people was correct. Mm-hmm. They are all dark friends and forsaken for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think all of them actually are. Wow. One or the other. Right. So, Lanfear is back. Yay. <laughs> and... <laughs> I know that people think that she's like 40 chess queen and she's like the smartest. Mm-hmm. But I, maybe this is just, I don't know, I'm going to call it like death of the author, where like no matter mm. what the author's intention was behind a certain character, everyone reads them and misinterprets, not misinterprets, interprets them in mm-hmm. the way that they see things in their own mind. And Lanfear is that character for me. I never saw her as the very, like, capable, smart trickster, you know? Like, to me, she was just, oh, I'm going to change my appearance and then try and trick Mm -hmm. Rand. Oh, let me change my appearance again and try and trick Rand again. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe this time it'll work. Maybe this time it'll work. But, like, everything that she does just feels like the same old scheme. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Here, it's nice that she's actually not trying to seduce him in the form of, like, a beautiful young lady. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, now Mm -hmm. it's a little Mm -hmm. bit different because she is, how do I say the name? Kylie? 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 That's how I've always said it in my head. So, like, this was the one thing where I was like, okay, like, that's a little bit different. She switched it up just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I just never got that, like, oh, she's so smart. Oh, she's the most capable forsaken. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think for me, this whole ending that Brandon Sanderson worked out that didn't show up in the books, but mm-hmm. he's said like this is his intention with how he wrote the last part of the book is Lanfear living and surviving and just parent thinking that he broke her neck to Mm-mm. me <laughs> this is a Mogidian move not a Lanfear move mm-hmm. that's just that's just my opinion the death of the author I'm sorry but Lanfear showing up here again it's cool like, I think this plot line out of all of hers in the books is the only one that I think is a little bit more intriguing for me because mm. the whole, like, Celine thing, I was just like, okay, whatever. Like, oh, I'm young and beautiful. I'm going to seduce <laughs> you. I'm like, all right, okay. But this one, this one was better. Yeah. This was, this was a better scheme, I think. She does, however, like, kind of make herself a side character in some ways to Kadir. Like, the way that she drapes herself all over him and then, like, shoots smoky looks at Rand. Like, it's all just a bit uncomfortable for me. I feel like if I were... (laughs) I feel like if I were a powerful Forsaken, I would show up on my own. Like, I would be Kylie, you know? And I think doesn't Rand kind of like question... Wait, isn't Kylie Lanfear, though? Well, and see, that's actually what I was going to ask. 
Because I not think Rand Isendre. even asked that. Isendre. 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 I feel as though when Rand has his ending moments in the book with Lanfear, he asks if she's Kylie, and he, she says that she was Isendre. But I don't remember for sure, and I would have to look it up. Hold on, I'm looking it up. At the end of The Shadow Rising, Lanfear reveals herself as the fat peddler's wife, Kylie. Then at the beginning awesome. of the next book, Moraine is using the dark friend peddlers to transport loads of Angriel. So Angriel, I know Rand kept their dark friend status a secret to protect Asmodium, but it would seem funny to me that no one noticed how Kylie just disappeared. Just seems weird that Moraine would fail to notice it. So, yeah, I don't know. This is just someone talking about this on the okay. phone. Okay. Okay. I have misunderstood that scene for a very long time then. Or maybe I just misremembered it. Yeah, it's Lanfear in disguise. Oh, that's so fun. I'm glad you looked that up. Thank you. But what I assumed is that Isindre Isin- is the misdirection in the chapter title misdirection it worked worked. (laughs) because she's swarthy you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah like if lanfear is playing true to how she's always played things right and this is what i was and this is what i was gonna say that I couldn't because I was trying to like tiptoe around spoilers is that uh-huh. when I first read this chapter, she was the one giving me red flags. Like, uh-huh. oh, she's back. Cool. Great. Lanfear is back. So I didn't notice the peddler's partner. The peddler's partner. So I don't know. But I also didn't want to talk about the chapter title misdirections either because i'm right. worried about like spoilers but i also wasn't sure if i could bring it up in the non-spoiler part because maybe the misdirection is just the fact that these peddlers showed up and that like that's the trick like mm-hmm. like we're just not supposed to trust them and that's the misdirection hmm because we move around from Rand's point of view and Matt's point of view in that chapter. And mm-hmm. we're also, like, en route to somewhere. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if, like, that could be, like, a nod to misdirection, like, when you're traveling. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. That makes sense. But huh. I don't know. All in all, it's kind of a mysterious chapter and, like, why are these peddlers here? Obviously, we know why they're here because they're dark friends but how did they get there right right okay okay like i'm thinking gateway probably probably like it's the only thing that really make i mean there are two forsaken there they Mm -hmm. definitely could have made gateways for like you can't see them being like yeah let's travel all the way through the waste that sounds like fun Like, it's got to be, you know, something like that. Yeah. Hmm. 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 
This is why I enjoy talking to you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a while, mm-hmm. so I wasn't a hundred percent sure. So when I was talking about, it, I was like, Same. "Wait, am I wrong? Am I wrong?" No, you time? were totally right. <laughs> it was me. It was me. It so, was me. <laughs> I don't know if you had anything else, like spoilery, news oh, or anything just... that you want to get off your chest before we no, but... wrap it up. <laughs> I don't think I have any more spoilers. There was so much to talk about. And I think that's happening more and more often. There's so many more point of views that are opening up. The chapters or locations are all over the place now. Like we're in the Waste, we'll be in Tanchico, and we'll be in the Two Rivers. And then wherever else Jordan decides to take us while we're, we're spending time with him in the magical world of the Wheel of Time. <laughs> You know? well, should we should we wrap it up then? Sure. Yeah, this was fun. All right, we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.